a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. something gleeful about the film we're going to talk about tonight the last horror film uh, also known as Fan- Fanatic probably or maybe because of how the film was shot in, uh, in Cannes 1981 Cannes, very distinctively obviously 1981 Cannes from the um, the banners of the films that are on show there including Possession which we spoke about in season one of the Video Nasties podcast and it's tongue-in-cheek way of prodding the way that the genre of horror is treated generally. It is knowingly meta. Now, that does not necessarily make it a fantastic film, but, um, but there's still a lot here to, to enjoy and appreciate, um, regardless of your feelings of uh, the, uh, the legendary... Joe Spinell. I just want to tell you about the film. Bates, that your death scene look absolutely real. So, what's our story? Joe Spinell plays a New York cab driver called Vinny. Potentially an allusion to uh, Spinell's um, appearance in uh, Robert De Niro, um, Scorsese, Taxi Driver. Or might not be. It might just be a coincidence. Um, Vinny is an obsessive. And the type of person who uh, has pictures on his wall of movie stars. And he's very much obsessed with Carolyn Monroe's character, Jaina Bates. Now, she is in Cannes. 
to uh, publicise her latest film, and it appears to collect multiple, multiple accolades from uh, the the can jury for her appearance in a film called Scream. Obviously, a, a film that decades and a half later will also use uh, an idea. It'd be the name of a, a a meta horror film that kind of nods to the tropes of horror. So Vinny flies over, hooks up with a friend who's never mentioned again, finds himself a hotel room and basically stalks the movie star. And it appears that Vinny is very obsessive and uh, very unprofessional in his attempts to get Jenna to appear in Vinny's desired idea for a horror film. Vinny's a funny fish. And Spinell hilariously has created a character here who poo-poos gory violence on screen. We're obviously, you know, fans of this podcast may think the most for the film he made with Munro the year before this, Maniac. Not on the nasties lists, bizarrely, but uh, nonetheless a um, a horror film and a half with uh, plenty of uh, gore and potentially and violence against women at heart. This film's the same. It features uh, slash throats and blood and gore. It's probably not. It's not as violent, but uh, it is certainly exploitative and, uh, and 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 features you know a fair bit of nudity as well. There's uh, some incredible shots of you know women topless on the beach and uh, the our, our, our filmmakers being slightly overly obsessed by them by the looks of it. <laughs> anyway, people around our starlet start to disappear. And it becomes increasingly worrying that Vinny could be the person. He's certainly not helping his cause to try and get it to be part of his his imaginary ideas for films, especially because he is, um, you know, um, horrible, sweaty, nasty human being who is obsessive, clearly, and uh, not the type of person you would probably trust with much. Meanwhile, Jenna Bates's career is on absolute ascent. Uh, this is a, a world of can where horror films, uh, this horror film in particular, Scream, is seen as being genre-defining and uh, completely changing the medium. I won't spoil the end, but uh, the entire film effectively collapses in on itself as it uh, twists and turns its way to try and bring all these metaphreds to a satisfying conclusion. One that will even make you howl with laughter or cringe with uh, with disappointment when you find out what's going on behind the scenes. There's definitely something fun about it then. I mean, the last horror film probably doesn't get, certainly doesn't get like the fan love that Maniac does. Which probably is certainly Spinell's defining film, I would argue. But there's something very enjoyable about a movie where Spinell casts his own mother to play his mother in the film, and she spends a great deal of time um, chewing up the scenery um, and um, sh- shouting her lines. I, much fun. Um, and then, of course, the second we get out of New York and into Cannes, the movie just becomes this gorilla shot, no permit funhouse where they just run around and get as much as they can and it's clear that they're not meant to be there and there's no way you know that that those james bond banners that are in front of that hotel would be would be permitted to be shot normally 
And um, and I think that gleefulness permeates the film. You know, the, these moments where they know they're making the rather naughty film, and very quickly in the in the madness of can um, a movie. And I think that permeates. So I think they they've almost kind of like driven themselves to go wild and wild and you know this horror because obviously the time you think this film this last horror film that we're making is going to be fantastic it's going to be great because it, you know you know we've we invested loads of time and effort and money into this this is going to be the funnest thing in the world and i think that kind of gleefulness permeates some of the decisions in terms of some of the shots and certainly the scene where all the the, the jury members are sitting there going this is fantastic jenna bates is a genius when it, you know, and what's seen on screen is yeah, a gore film, <laughs> to be fair. And think of the through lines with, for, in terms of, you know, from a meta point of view. This is, you know, his mother, Joe Spinell's mother's in there, but it's, you know, it's shot in the same apartment that Spinell lived in. Um, you know, for the, for those early scenes when he's taking the pictures off the wall of, 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 of the Starlet Munro. I mean, you know, effectively, this is the second uh, theatrical film that Spinell has been cast as the lead after Maniac. It's interesting as well, obviously, that you know Spinell and Munro work together with in Star Crash and Maniac as well. It feels quite as a close team. I mean, you know, also you can you know point out and nod to the fact that Munro, you know, is shot seen around um, the the. Um, display for James Bond's For Your Eyes Only which obviously was out in 81 when they were filming this gorilla um, but you know Monroe herself had already appeared in a James Bond film as the spy in The Spy Who Loved Me you know what's also interesting of course is and it's worth remembering that um, 81 was the year that a horror film did get a, um, a Best Actress prize Isabel Anjani uh, who we've already spoken about about possession was uh, was praised uh, for a role in, in that and that that you know we've been through that film quite a lot and um, if you go back to um, the the mist of time when I was talking about it in uh, twenty thirteen when I was a far younger man um, you can see you can um, you know the 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 way that film is so heightened and extreme you know and 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 the the, the very brave performances that are in it between her and Sam Neill as well. Um, certainly there's nothing in this film which suggests um, that kind of thing. Um, not to say that um, Spinell is not having the absolute time of his life. So just to give you a bit of a bit of a history of the man. Um, you know, he's a, you know, he was a character actor appeared in numerous films in the 1970s and 80s, various stage productions on and off Broadway, notable clearly for roles Godfather, Godfather Part 2, two Rocky movies, Taxi Driver, Sorcerer, Cruising, all these kind of gritty New York films, you know. Um, and, um, you know, and, but while certainly, you know, him as the lead, and he's obviously a very clear, very striking character actor, is, is rare, it's probably unsurprising, therefore, that we see him as a lead in films like this. So Maniac, um, the last horror film. Um, you know, so um he unfortunately died relatively young um after injuring himself 
cutting himself quite badly at a glass hour and because of haemophilia, supposedly um, he bled to death uh, in his in his apartment. But a, a phenomenal um, career in terms of you know fascinating and amazing films from you know the early seventies from The Godfather through to you know to be fair as a small role through to quite quite bigger roles later on as well. And then you know fans of of horror will also of course remember Carolyn Monroe who um, uh, you know probably made her name. Um, certainly most famously in uh, in Hammer Horror, particularly around Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. And um, she also played bit parts, things like Casino Royale and, and that kind of thing. And um, numerous um, slightly bigger uh, movies um, over the 70s and 80s, in particular things like, oh, I don't know... Um, Breeze appears and don't open till Christmas. She's in Slaughter High. She's in Jess Franco's Faceless. Um, she's in all sorts. I mean, her filmography kind of darts between loads of different stuff. Obviously, you know, at its height, things like Spy You Love Me, but also, um, you know, Dracula AD 1972 as well. Along with the odd air pop hit, which we, we will not go into now. David Winters, who's the director, was probably better known as a choreographer. Um, certainly worked in a great deal of stuff through his life. Um, only dying uh, in 2019, age 80. Um, like, a real man of stage and screen who covers a great deal of stuff. And certainly in the, the 50s and 60s, probably best known for dance choreography rather than his film work. But he did eventually become a director, doing things like TV specials, uh, mainly. Uh, but he did do a concert film for Alice Cooper in 76, obviously this movie as well. And uh, fans of uh, mid-80s uh, skateboard trash would might remember Frashin uh, as well, starring a young Josh Brolin. So there's all sorts of stuff flying around here you know um interesting people having a stab at a an unusual story and i do think you know the low budget and like the refer the self-referential stuff that permeates the film does kind of feed into itself to make it far more knowing and intense and kind of the shocks and the violence are, are numbed in a way they're not in Maniac, which is a far more somber piece, entirely because of this kind of giddiness around what they're doing. Um, and I think if you can buy into that and, like, you know, nod along and laugh at these kind judges going, yes, this, uh, this slasher movie is excellent, um, you can probably have a bit more fun, particularly when you kind of think about if they've got no permits how the hell do they shoot some of this stuff you know it's uh it's 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 kind of um almost um aggressively in your face and kind of aggressively um silly and i think that's certainly for me where where it excels so um the movie was um originally rated cut for an r racing in america 
uh, and when it came over here, was also trimmed um, for its exit to the kit for the cinema. So some of the violence in the film within a film of the Nightcrawler has been cut, and the chainsaw stuff has also been uh, trimmed. Um, so in 2003, it was released again in the UK, pre-cut. So um, the shots of the chainsaw scene were put in, but the cuts to the scene within a scene were still removed for some reason. I'm pretty sure you could have got that through, to be honest with you. It feels like it was the R-rated version. And then um, the film was released uncut, pre-cert, in 1983 on Intervision and had been seized by police. Now it's available through Troma in the US in a lovely double disc box set with the short Maniac 2 which Spinell made uh, when he was looking to raise funds for a sequel to his first film um, and uh, was never made because of <laughs> Spinell died but, uh, but yeah, um, there's that included. There's also... Um, 88 films released a DVD and a Blu-ray um, of the film, uh, which I you can kind of get. It's kind of out of it's fell out of print, I think, but it's it's about um, and that kind of like is a different you know it, it includes some line notes and some other stuff, but it's a it's basically the same release book through 88 films. I think that might be harder to get hold of now, but it, you know have a rummage. It it is still about. Um, and it pops up every now and again on Prime. So um, there's options there, I think. I'm sure it'll get another re-release at some point. It's the kind of film that um, it's not maligned, but does kind of occasionally, um, you know, people love it, love it. And I think that's always a, a, an indicator that it's going to get re-released, you know, time and time again. Festival, where the rich and famous go to have a good time. The last horror Unfortunately for Jenna, an obsessed fanatic is also there to have a good time. The last horror film. What began as an international film premiere ended in a nightmare. The last horror film. It may be the last horror film you ever see. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. If you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is videonassiespodcast at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter. at at orange underscore monkey. Or you go to the website, videonassiespodcast.com or thelasthorrorpodcast.com and leave any messages. Thanks to Scott, who contacted me and said, 
Dear Mr. Brown, I was a rabid fan of the initial set of episodes and when all 72 films and everything was finished four years ago, I assumed that was that. Me too. Um, but the other night, by chance, I found that you've not only started the section free list, but there are dozens of new episodes to go through better than goddamn Christmas. Glad to see you back at it. Love your devotion to these much maligned films. I'll be playing through it all, all alone, short time. Thanks, Scott. Well, thank you, Scott. Uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't think I was going to get back to it. I think at the end of that series, I was a bit like, I don't want to do Section 3 because I'm a bit like, it's not really, you know. They didn't get prosecuted, do you know what I mean? They weren't on the list. Um, they're just films that got seized. But, um, but you know, back to the world we went. Um, and uh, to be fair, I think there's been some some really great things, films to be able to talk about, stuff such as this. Um, and I, I think, like a lot of this stuff, it's a, you know the very core. The video nasties list is a fantastic opportunity to go. Here is 72 films, or here is you know here's another 80. Um, you know, go wild. These are you know state approved brain rot. You know, <laughs> state sanctioned brain rot. I should say they don't prove it. They prove it just for, uh, for for its problems. You know, and thanks. I say thanks very much for getting in touch. And uh, yeah, um, obviously I. There's no mailing list, so I can't remind people that we're here. So if you know people who uh, may be interested in in the podcast or listen, and you know we've listened to it in the past, uh, give them a prod. They might not know, and um, it'd be nice to you know for more people to listen if they they, they want to. <laughs> if you don't want to listen to it, then oh, you know what I mean. That's all very weird. Cool. Anyway, um, next week we are going yet again back to Romero uh, with Martin. So. Um, there's a lovely Blu-ray box set coming out um, soon, but it's been coming out soon for ages, and I kind of assumed it'd be out by now. <laughs> so, so, um, but you know, uh, um, so there you go. But um, I, we, we will return to it. We'll talk to that. We'll talk about Vampire, which is you know it's Italian shorter form of a Goblin soundtrack. We'll go through the full thing. Um, if you listen to a lot of my stuff, you'll know that I've already covered it very much on a Romero journey story from the Romero sessions uh, on the last hour podcast which incidentally was named after the film we've just listened to, uh, just spoken about, I suppose. Yeah, and you know that's there. If you're after more content from me, um, I've just done an episode on the Last Hour Podcast feed about the amusement park, which is the George A. Romero um, lost, found film. Um, uh, um, as those that know me know, I'm a bit of a horror hipster, so um, I'm not slagging that one off. In that, just to warn you, um, some people have been quite uh, disappointed, which is probably unsurprising when you consider what it is. Anyway, I'm rambling on, and I will stop now. So, until next time, where I get to yet again talk about George Romero to people. Take care, and I will speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on a video? Oh, you never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.